bring uh, the groceries to our elderly community in the forest next door. Um, again, uh, all hands on deck. This is the outreach of Capital City Church. And it would be greatly appreciated, not only by myself, but the community, but, but the Lord himself who has, who has afforded us the opportunity to be able to, to help out these communities. I, I would say don't just, don't just put your money in the plate and say, I'm good. The Lord wants you to serve. As, as Junior, Drayson Jr. was talking about, it's not all about the money. You know, it's about also being present. Being present. And the only way you're going to show God's glory is you be present. Is you be present. All right? So let's, let's be present for the bride of Christ. For the bride of Christ. Let's not dishonor or disrespect the bride of Christ which is his church, his people. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, come to you, Father, and, and say thank you, Father. Thank you for another day. Father, thank you for giving us a chance here at Capital City Church to, to bring you glory, God. We got up this morning, God, and you have placed in our spirit the spirit of, of thanksgiving, the spirit to to bring you glory, to bring honor to your name, God. And I, I just thank you for us gathering uh, the faithful that's gathered, Father, to bring you glory, God. I pray that this word uh, comes forth to the hearts and minds of your people, God. And I pray that it, it edifies the body, God, and just uh, allow us to examine ourselves, our hearts and, and our minds, God, and our relationship with you, Jesus. We thank you, Lord, and it's in your holy name we pray in the church. Say, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. <laughs> Glory be to God. Amen. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. We know that being reconciled to God means being restored, restored to a right relationship with God. We know that it's only through Jesus Christ that that is made possible. That it's only through Jesus Christ that you and I have the opportunity to be made right with God. Now, that doesn't mean that Jesus automatically saves all people. Every one of us must still Make the decision to choose whether or not we accept or we reject that relationship with Jesus. Those that reject Jesus, they, are, they remain enemies of God. They are headed for eternity in hell. Those that accept the, the forgiveness of Jesus and yield their lives to him, those are the ones that will be reconciled to God and saved. 
key word is yield their lives. Yield their lives. Now, Jesus tells us that no one comes to the Father except through him. Except through him. See, it's joining into a committed, a dedicated, loving relationship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. See, no matter the ups and downs of this journey, no matter the trials and tribulations of this journey, we, the church, we stay the course. We stay committed. We stay dedicated because we know the outcome of this journey. Amen? Amen? See, through Christ's substitutionary death for us sinners on the cross, he made a way that that sinful mankind can be reconciled to a holy and righteous God. Hallelujah. 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 The word reconciliation means in Greek, uh, change completely. Change completely. We have made a commitment to be reconciled to God which changes our life completely. Completely. Jesus' death, his blood payment for sin, church, has completely changed the sinner's relationship with God. With God. The Bible says God made him who knew no sin, sin for us. So that we might become the righteousness of God. The one who had no sin became sin for you, for I, so that we might become the righteousness of God. Paul explains this in Colossians. He tells them that Jesus is the restorer of all things, that he is supreme over all living things, all living people and things. That Jesus is the reconciler of all. Colossians, I want us to read through Colossians uh, chapter 1, 15 through 20. To God be the glory. To God be the glory. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Hallelujah. He is before all things. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. 
And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. So that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him. And through him to reconcile to himself all things. Whether things on earth or things in heaven. By making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Glory, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Glory be to God. If Jesus, church, if, if Jesus is before all things, if Jesus is before all things, who or what can be above him? If Jesus is before all things, who can be presented above him? No one. No one. No one. There is no higher power. There is no higher authority than Jesus Christ. None. 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 If you are looking for a higher power, if you are looking for a higher authority, you're looking for Jesus. You're looking for Jesus. There are many people saying, I believe in a higher power. Hallelujah. You're looking for Jesus. You're looking for Jesus. All things, church, material, spiritual, human, animal, everything, owe its very existence to the work of Jesus Christ in creation. All things have been created through him and for him, which means he gets all the glory. Hallelujah. He gets all the glory. Hallelujah. And in him, it says, all things hold together. All things hold together, church. Hallelujah. 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 The church is held together through Jesus. We come to Jesus to be restored. He is the restorer of all things. We come to Jesus as broken people to be restored because of our sin. We come to Jesus to be made right, to be made over because that is the only way we will be seen right in God's eyes. He is the only one who can restore us into a right relationship with God. Do we believe that, church? Matthew said this, and, and, and when they saw him, they worshipped him. They worshipped him. But some doubted. But some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Some are doubting. Some are doubting today. But Jesus tells you, all authority on heaven 
and on earth has been given to him. There is no higher power than Jesus Christ. That is why every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. There is no greater or higher power than Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 21, Paul goes on. He says this. He says, once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior. Now we can relate to that. Paul gives us the very reason, church, why we need reconciliation. The, the believers in Collage had, had at one time been alienated from God. They were estranged from God. They were separated from God. They were enemies of God. Their thoughts, their actions, their, their behaviors had revealed ignorance. Ignorance. I take that back. Their thoughts did not, did not reveal ignorance. It revealed hostility towards God hostility towards God because of their sin. Hostility. See, they were strangers, strangers to God's way of thinking. And we know that wrong thinking leads to sin. It leads to sin. Paul says this in Romans, for to set the mind on the flesh is death, but set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. For the mind that is set on the flesh is hostile to God. For it does not submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. And you wonder why people do not submit to God's laws, his standards, way of living. They're hostile towards God and his standards. They're not ignorant to it. They're hostile. That is why Paul tells us also in Romans to what? Renew our minds. Renew our minds. In Ephesians, he tells us to be renewed in the spirit of our mind, meaning not thinking in the flesh. Think in the spirit realm. Always thinking in the spirit and not in the flesh because sin, church, fathers destroys our thoughts about God, whether you want it to or not, it does. The Bible says sin separates us from God. Separates us from God. Don't think that we can remain in sin and be close to God. Paul said they were alienated from God. And we look at aliens as from another country somewhere. Foreigners. The Bible says we were once foreigners. We were once foreigners. See, when we are not living in harmony, we are not living in harmony with God. Our natural instinct in the flesh is to live hostile towards God because of our sin. That's our natural instinct in the flesh. When we're living in, in, in sin, we we want nothing to do with God. We want nothing to do 
with God's people. We don't want anyone telling us how to live our lives. We don't want anything to do with the gathering of God's people. We don't want to even talk to God. We won't even pray to God. We avoid the things of God when we're living in our sin, when we're living in our flesh. We are hostile to God in our minds and in our hearts, in our hearts. We don't want anything to do with God. We go back to being alienated, alienated from God because of our sin, alienated from God because of our sin. But that's not who we are anymore. And Paul is explaining to them, that's not who you are. You have been reconciled to God. So live as though you have been reconciled to God. Because you have, church. You have been reconciled to God. Understand, our lives are not our own. Our lives are when we, when we committed our life to Jesus, our lives now belong to God. We follow the standards of God, no longer the standards of the world, okay? We understand that we was once there. Yes, we was there. But who wants to go back there, church? Who wants to go back there and live that life of sin away from God? After all, he's pulled you through. Jesus is the restorer. He is the reconciler. A lot of people say they believe in God but don't believe in the Son. If they don't believe in the Son, they have no God. They have no God. Don't be deceived. We speak the name of Jesus over everything. You're his bride. You're his beautiful bride, the church. His beautiful bride that has, he, has, he has given his life for you to be reconciled to God. Verse 22. Paul says, but now he has reconciled you. He has reconciled you. And let's look how he has reconciled you. He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death, to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusations. Glory, hallelujah. <laughs> what Paul is describing, what Paul is describing here is God's intention. God's intention for the Christian. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is God's intention for us, church, the Christian believer, you and I. These are God's good and well intentions for our lives. See, see, God doesn't have to be reconciled to us. We have to be reconciled to him. We're the ones with the problem. <laughs> We're the ones that's messed up. <laughs> We are the ones that's out of sync 
with God, we jumped out of line. God's line never changes. It's straight and narrow. It never changes. Never changes. We are the ones. We are the ones. We are out of sync with God. But it says, but now, by Christ's physical body, through death, he made a way. He made a way for us to be in sync with God. He made a way for us to be on one accord with the holy God. With the holy God. He made a way for us to be in agreement. Hallelujah. In agreement with God and God's standards for living. He made a way. He made a way so that we won't have any excuses. <laughs> he made a way so that we won't have any excuses, church. So Paul is saying, be reconciled to God. He's saying, be reconciled to God. It's, to be, it's for us to be made holy. Being reconciled to God is for us to be made holy to be a holy people. As obedient children, do not conform to the passions of your former ignorance, but as you who, who called you holy, as he who called you holy is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. That's 1 Peter 1, 14. He also says being reconciled to God is to be without blemish. Be without blemish, that you may be blameless and innocent children of God. Without blemish in the midst of a crooked and twisted generation. He said, among whom, among whom, among whom this, this cricket and, 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 and generation, you, you, you will shine as lights in the world. You will shine as lights in the world, holding fast, holding fast to the word of life. So the day, so that the day of Christ you, I, may be proud that I did not run in vain or labor in vain. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You, you, rise above the crookedness of this world as lights, as lights, as lights of righteousness. That's Philippians 2, 15. And then he says, being reconciled to God, you will be free from accusation. You will be free from accusation. Romans 8.33 says this up here. It's not up here. Who will bring any charge against those who God has chosen? Free from accusation. Who will bring any charge against those who God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Hallelujah. 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 If the Lord is your light and your salvation, who shall, you, who shall you fear? Who? If the Lord is your light and your salvation, whom shall you fear? Who? Who? 
Who is pressuring you to walk in sin? Who is pressuring you to live apart from God? Who? Whom shall you fear against God when God says walk in righteousness, holiness? Whom, church? Whom? See, through Christ, God wants us to turn away from sin and turn to him. And turn to him, holy, holy, without blemish and free from accusation. The transformation of our character. The transformation of our character. And the Bible tells us that also to be reconciled to God. A couple of steps of being reconciled to God is turning to God in repentance and in faith. Repentance and in faith, true repentance. Be reconciled to God, church, through repentance. Through repentance. See, our prayer should be, Father, 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 I repent. I repent. Help me. Help me not to return to these things. Help me, Father. I can't do it on my own, but I repent of these things. Keep me on that straight and narrow path, God. Keep me. See, we must repent of, of who we used to be. Our former way of living, our, of living in the flesh. Uh, uh, not ignorant, again, not ignorant to who God is or to the things of God, but living as hostile people towards God because of our sin. Because of our sin. See, See, we also repent of not only thinking about going our own way, but we repent of actually going our own way, which is the very definition of sin. We must humble ourselves, church. We must acknowledge these things, and we must repent. We must repent. See, we repent of our former sins, our former sins against God and, and against others. We repent of our our unrighteousness, our selfishness, our being wise in our own eyes. We repent of, of the mistreating of others through our words and, and through our actions, the hate, the anger, the bitterness, the envy, the dislike, the unforgiveness that, that we think we are hiding in our hearts. See, we must be careful. We must be careful not to plead, not to, not to see, not to plant seeds of unrighteousness in our hearts. We must be careful. Please be careful. See, we must come. We must come to the throne of grace. The throne of grace. We must come. We must acknowledge these things. We must acknowledge them. And we must repent of them. We must repent of them. We must repent of them. We come to God in repentance, admitting, confessing our wrongs, never to turn back to our wrongs. We be reconciled to God through repentance. And then Paul goes on to encourage them in verse 23. He says this. He says this. Not only is he encouraging us today, not only is he encouraging them, but he's also encouraging us as we read through these, these scriptures. He says, if you continue, church, in your faith, 
established and firm. Do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. This is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and, and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. A servant. Let me read that again. He said, if you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and that has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. Now we know the world hasn't ended, so the gospel has not reached everyone. But our security, our certainty, the certainty of our present and our future status with God, church, does not give us a reason to live a careless life. It does not. Knowing and understanding that we have been made right with God does not give us a reason to sin. God's wonderful and perfect grace does not give us a reason to sin, to step out of line with God. Living saved one week, next week living in sin. It does not give us a reason to do that because, God, because of God's goodness. His goodness does not give us a reason to do that, church. Does not. God is good. He's gracious. Does not give us a reason to hop in and out of sin. Paul warns them. He says, continue. 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 Remain stable in your faith, church. Don't go wandering off into the ways of the world. Don't go wandering off in the ways of the world. He says, be established and be firm, yielding your lives, yielding your lives to Christ, obeying his word, surrendering to his, his purposes and to his authority. Do not shift. Do not shift from the hope, hallelujah, of the gospel. Do not shift from the hope of the gospel, which means do not return to that former way of living. Don't go back to that hopelessness. Don't go back to that spiritual destruction that is apart from Christ. Because we know apart from Christ, every one of us are enslaved to sin. Everyone. And we must understand that, that, that no matter if you accepted Christ, if you are not in tune to Christ's teachings, if you are not living a life of, of faith and of prayer, repentance, if you are not plugged in to Christ, you will obey sin's command. There's no two, three ways about it. You will obey sin's command to live apart from God. To live apart from God. Many Christians all over the world right now today, sitting in churches all over the world, probably is wondering 
why I don't feel close to God. Somewhere, somewhere in their lives, there may be physical sins, but there may be sin of disobedience. Somewhere they're living apart from Christ. They're not as connected as they think they are. A lot of Christians, we, we can't even recognize our own sins because we think we are so well connected to Jesus when we really aren't. When we really aren't. That's why Jesus said, not everyone who says, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven. He will say, I never knew you. Away from me. Away from me. You don't know me. Look how you treat my people. You don't know me. Look at all those seeds of unrighteousness living in your heart. You don't know me. You don't even love your neighbor. You don't know me. Away from me. Away from me. Look how you disrespect my bride. Look how you dishonor my bride that I have placed in the world to bring you out of slavery. You don't know me. You never knew me. Away from me. Away from me. These are the things I think about, church. Not only the things that are written, but the things beyond the word of what we have to answer to up there. Let's be on guard. We don't want to hear them words away from me, from Jesus. We are his church. We are his church. So let's be reconciled through our faith. Let's be reconciled through our faith. Paul told them to continue in the faith, established and firm. What is your faith to you, church? What is your faith to you? He says, continue in the faith, established and firm. If your faith is Christ, living by standards, God, he's saying live, established and firm. Stay the course. See, we must live, be reconciled through our faith. We must acknowledge that Jesus the Christ is the only one who can make us right with God. We must, we must acknowledge that he died in our place to satisfy, to satisfy the just, the just wrath of God against our sin. Also that he rose on that third day, that he rose on that third day to prove your sin debt was paid. Not that he just put something on it like we would. Not that he just put it on layaway like we would. No, he paid it in full. He paid it in full not for you to go return to sin. He paid it in full not for you to go return to sin. He redeemed you with his life. He freed you with his life, church. You have the blood 
of Jesus on your life. You have the blood of Jesus on your life. Jesus on the cross, bloody, head hanging, thorn stuck in his head. The Christian is accountable for that blood. The Christian is accountable for that blood. The Christian who is reconciled to God is accountable for that blood. The Christian must live a life that says Jesus did not die in vain. The Christian must live a life that said Jesus did not shed his blood on Calvary in vain. We have the blood of Christ on our lives. Be reconciled through the blood. Colossians 1, 19 and 20, again, says this. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Be reconciled through the blood. Be reconciled through the blood. You are protected by the blood. You have been covered by the blood. You have been made right with God by that blood. By the blood of the sacrificial lamb of God. It is only by the blood that you haven't been taken out in your sins. Only by the blood that we haven't been taken out in our sin. In our wayward ways, it's only because of the blood. See, it's through the blood that you live. It's through the blood that you breathe. It's through the blood that you have new life, church. New life. It's the blood that has afforded you the life you now live. It is the blood that will take you to the next level of your faith in this life. It's the blood. It's the blood of Jesus that's keeping you. You're not keeping yourself. It's the blood of Jesus that's sustaining you. You're not sustaining yourself. Your children, your grandchildren, it's not you who's keeping them safe. It's not you. It's not you. It's your faith in the blood. It's your faith in the blood of Jesus that's covering your family, church. That's covering your family. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. It's the blood. See, it's not you. It's not you. It's not me. It's the blood over our lives. It's the blood over our lives that allow us to bring God glory. To bring God glory. It's the blood. It's the blood that gives us the newness of life, church. It's the blood. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. See, things, things like divorce, things like poverty, things like abuse, things like disease, things like drugs, alcoholism, sexual immorality. See, these forces, church, come into our lives, come into our lives to destroy us to take us out, to destroy our families, 
to destroy our relationships, our marriages, our children, even our nation. See, but the supernatural blood of Jesus has power over all of these things, over these things. See, the power of the blood can stop, can stop these things. These forces have no power over the blood of Jesus. The supernatural power of the blood of Jesus. Be reconciled to the blood. Be reconciled to the blood. See, don't plead the blood if you don't live by the blood. Don't plead it if you don't live by it. Apply the blood to your life. Apply it. It works. The blood of Christ is powerful. The children of, 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 of Israel was told to place the blood of the sacrificial lamb over their doorsteps and watch evil pass by. We know that evil passed by. You and I have the right to apply the sacrificial blood of Jesus Christ upon our lives, over our children's lives, our families' lives, our grandchildren's lives, our friends' lives, our household. And we, too, can watch evil pass on by. Pass on by. Be reconciled to the blood. Hebrews 19, 10, 19. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most, listen to this, listen to this. Therefore, brothers and sisters, since we have confidence to enter the most holy place by the blood of Jesus, by a new, new and living way, opened up through the curtain <laughs> that is his body, and since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a sincere heart and with the full assurance that faith brings, having our hearts sprinkled to cleanse us from a guilty conscience and having our bodies washed with pure water. Glory, hallelujah. Glory, hallelujah. Be reconciled to God. Lastly, church, faith, faith and drawing near to God is inseparable. Is inseparable. You can't come to me and say I have faith but living apart from God. I ain't buying it. I'm not buying it. You're not selling that to me. And don't think you're selling it to anyone else. Faith and drawing near to God is inseparable. Faith is sincerely believing in God, entrusting your life to God's care, relying on God's help, his strength. It is trusting God's goodness, his provision, his everything over your life. By coming to God through Christ, you will find his mercy, you will find his grace, you will find his help, and you will find his cleansing. The cleansing. If you are not in the process of being cleansed, something is wrong with your relationship with Christ, if there is one. Because we all should be in the process of being cleansed, of being washed, 
being washed, as he says, with that pure water. Jesus came to make a way where there was no way, church. Jesus came to make a way where there is no way. There was no approach to God the Father, none. There was no way of having a loving, worshipful um, relationship with God. There was none. There was no other path, and there is no other path to a meaningful, victorious life. Jesus Christ is our high priest. He is our high priest. He gives us new life by being reconciled to God through repentance, through faith, and through the new covenant sealed by his blood. Amen? Amen. Let's give God a glory. Let's give God glory. Prepare. Let's prepare to go into communion, church. Let's prepare our hearts to go into communion. Yes, Father. We just thank you for your word, Father. Thank you for these hearts, Father, that's been obedient to your word, Father. Father, we struggle sometimes, we know, Father. But, Father, we need your help. We come to you, to your throne of grace and, and repentance, Father. And we call on your help, Father. We call on your name for help. Help us not to return to those things that's trying to, to destroy us. Those things that's trying to destroy our relationship with your almighty God. Help us to return to that, that faithfulness that you have, have given us, God. That righteousness that you have placed upon our lives, God. Help us, Almighty God, in our sin, God. Yes, God, sin still dwells in us, God. But we, being reconciled to you through Christ, we are no longer active sinners, God. We denounce that in the name of Jesus. We're no longer active sinners. We're no longer uh, wayward uh, kids, Father. We're here to live in righteousness, in your righteousness, God. So, Father, I ask that you accept our worship this morning. Accept our worship. I ask that you go before us and, and accept our repentance. Convict our hearts of anything that's not of you. Take it out of us. Purge us with that hyssop, God. As we hold these elements in our hands, as our way of, of acknowledging the sacrifice of Jesus, Jesus told us to take this bread and, and we're going to be obedient to our Lord this morning and, and taking this communion. And Jesus said, take this bread and he said, give thanks. Hallelujah. We give thanks. We give thanks. And we remember the sacrifice of Jesus that through his stripes we are healed spiritually and physically. Thank you, Jesus. Let's partake of the bread. He also said in remembrance of me, take this cup. 
Take this cup, hallelujah, the cup of his new covenant in his blood, that blood that we spoke about, that blood that's covering our lives, that blood that gives us power over our enemies. Our enemies can't touch us because of that blood. The devil haven't taken you out because of that blood. So we say thank you, Lord, for this cup that represents the blood of our lives. Father, we repent of anything right now that's in us that's not like you. Take it out of us, Father. Convict our spirits of it, not only today but every day, Father. In the name of Jesus, let's partake of it. These altars are open.